I'm Cliff Tour, and this is Tales from the Cube, a podcast about working in the call center industry. The good, the bad, the funny, and not so funny about life working in the call center industry. And in this edition, we're going to be talking about working from home on the show. Basically, uh, what we're going to discuss here is the question of uh, whether or not working from home in a call center environment is actually something that is feasible. The reason I'm talking about this particular topic today is because of the fact that there is so many questions around this particular subject. Uh, there's a lot of studies that have gone out. I haven't really read any of them, but it is still an important topic to discuss because a lot of call centers now are bringing back staff into the centers. Uh, this is largely a demand from big corporations like Apple, like Google, and other uh companies that hire vendors they're now saying hey listen you need to bring your staff back in uh, there's also uh, companies that have internal call centers that may have sent their employees home and they're now also recalling their employees back into the centers there is still some call center work out there that is still being driven by at-home advisors it's still a thing but uh, many of the bigger companies uh, who hire the third-party call centers, like the one I work at, um, basically they are saying, bring your staff back in because we want this done because of uh, a lot of things that they feel are not uh, going as they would like. Particularly, this is uh, uh, financial driven. It does cost a lot of money for somebody to hire a third-party vendor like ours. So what will happen in a case like that is um, that person is going to be paying for the staff to be seated in the call center. And whether that person is productive or not, they still have to get paid. So, for example, if I'm sitting in the call center and I'm working calls, I finish a call and I go into an uh, aux that is basically a non-paying aux, what happens is the, the client uh, doesn't pay us, but the company has to pay us, so they're losing money. So that's one thing. But uh, also, the client still has to pay us for the the seat. They also have to pay us uh, for the, you know for the service. Uh, so in general, there's still some money coming in from the client. They just don't pay for the call. Uh, whether or not um, uh, you know you want to go boohoo about it and say, well, that's just on them, is is another question. But um, Bigger companies like, like I said, like Apple, like Motorola, like Lenovo, uh, all these companies that hire these third-party call centers, they um, have investors. They have people that are investing in their company, and those investors are going to question, well, why is our profit margin low? Why is your cost high? So they want to basically bring it back down to a level that is seen, that is normal. Uh, for them so that they can make money and that's really what this is all about this is about making money and <clears throat> that's what business is um, so the drive to bring more people back into the office is definitely out there but it's getting a lot of resistance uh, there's a lot of people out there who are simply saying oh, I'm not going to do this and even in our firm we are seeing a trend where people are just simply saying I'm not coming back some of the reason is very, very honestly legitimate. Some of those people who are on the uh, work-at-home platform who are being uh, recalled don't live in the city anymore. They've actually moved out of the city, so they've gone to newer, uh, newer locations. It's so farther away. 
and they're not going to come back into a city right now that has a problem with rent. Uh, for example, in the city that I'm in, Hamilton, the rent is just ridiculous. It is impossible to do it on a um, salary that's less than you know twenty dollars an hour or better. Uh, you're not going to get an apartment for cheap anymore. For example, a two-bedroom will go for as high as twenty-three hundred dollars a month. So if you're, you know, if you're a first-time renter or if you're just uh, coming back into the city and you need to find an apartment, you're now looking at forty-six hundred dollars just to put money down on an apartment building uh, rental. Uh, you know, an apartment rental in an apartment building or a house, if you want to rent a condo, that's just out of uh, out of whack. It's out of line with reality, and that's the the problem with inflation right now. That, of course, that's not our thing um, here on this podcast. We're not talking about inflation, although it is a factor, and I think companies are going to have to start factoring that in. Uh, companies like ours are really going to have to start looking at, geez, maybe we got to do more pay increases, things like that, which wouldn't bother me, but. <clears throat> At the same time, it, it is going to have to factor in. So that's what's driving a lot of people away and saying, I'm not coming back to the office. I'm living in a place that I'm paying a decent rent at. I'm further away from you. Uh, all the other people here in the local area are just simply saying, hey, it costs me too much money in gas. It costs me too much money uh, in food and groceries. It costs me too much time in the morning to get my kids off to school. You know, uh as or you know to take care of things here in the house it's better for me to be here um <clears throat> so i'm just basically going to say unless you can provide the work at home environment see you later and there's even some advisors who are simply just um saying no because of mental health concerns uh, with respect to the COVID crisis which still is there there is still a pandemic going on so people basically are saying you know what I don't want to risk getting sick if one of your advisors catches COVID, brings it into the call center, what's going to happen? I'm going to get sick. No, thank you very much. Bye-bye. So that's where we're getting a lot of pushback, even in the industry. It's just basically people saying, I'm just not going to do this because of cost, because of location, because of the fact that, hey, you know what, uh, I was quite happy with doing this at home I felt and I still feel I'm more productive now the pushback from us uh, or the company as a whole is that well no you're not as productive uh, we, we've seen that you know people are doing things that they're not supposed to do uh, like taking extended breaks or being in an ox when they're not supposed to be because they think nobody's really watching well people are um, but you know they think that that's what's going on so managers are saying no you have to come back to the office or you get another job so <clears throat> And most people are actually coming back. I mean, we have the bulk of the more tenured advisors returning to the call center. Uh, but there are some that are just simply saying, hey, bye, see you later, we're out. So here's my position on this. Um, I worked a little bit at home, and then I went back into the call center. Because during the pandemic, there were some things that went on that I had to deal with. And basically, I had to leave my my condo which was an apartment it was a nice house but had to leave that and basically ended up moving into the situation where i'm at where i'm renting a room from somebody there's no way i could do work at home here it is, it's impossible unless i get money and i move into another apartment where i could have a third room and secure that it's not going to happen and the reason for that is simply because the campaign i work on is a campaign that has some very strict compliance rules and you have to have an isolated room to work uh, at home. It's just the, the way it works. Uh, if you don't, then you're not going to do it. 
they're not going to let you because of the fact that we deal with customer interactions that have information on there that's really uh, really vital for the you know the work but also that could be breached and used in an improper manner that's another reason why a lot of call centers are bringing back staff in to secure data to make sure that customer information is kept in a manner that is compliant um, a lot of call centers are basically part of the system I, I know ours is part of a system known as CLPC it is a regulatory body that basically uh, we subscribe to and those particular uh, regulators and adherence uh, advisors come in and look at what we're doing they look at everything top to bottom our stats they look at how we operate they look at how managers manage things how the the center really works top to bottom and <clears throat> Part of that is what's known as the compliance element. And this basically means how we manage customer info, customers' credit cards, things like this. This is an important uh, thing that's a stakeholder thing. Um, you know, the customer is a stakeholder in a lot of ways. So we want to make sure that we're protecting the data. So this is another reason why we're being uh, asked to, you know, come back in. It's because bottom line is we have to make sure that we're keeping the data safe so that that it's going to be um, not used in a manner which is inappropriate. The risk at home is is that that could be taken. Uh, sorry to say, the security risk is definitely very, very high when you have somebody at home. What are they going to do with this data? They could actually get the customer's card number uh, and information and do things that are inappropriate. It's not out of the realm of possibility and it's probably already happened so we have to make sure that we protect the data so that's another reason for the recall back into the call center because there's more eyes watching <clears throat> there's more people looking over the shoulder in a call center such as the quality evaluator um, the managers the operations guy you know the whole nine yards so uh, there's more control over what's going on so the other thing too is that uh, we can't bring equipment such as recording equipment or you know cameras or phones or anything like that into the uh, into the center. We can't bring a stick, nothing like that. So there's um, much more security, and this is a, a very big thing. So uh, that's one of the arguments against going through the idea of a you know work at home situation. But on the other side, from the agent point of view, the advisor point of view. <clears throat> If you don't um, trust me, well, why would I want to work for you? Uh, why would I want to be in your in your center? Why would I want to be in your employ? If you can't trust me to take care of your customer and the data that um, you're giving access to, then I don't want to be with you because that's really an element too. Even in a call center, if we really wanted to, um, <clears throat> I'm sure there are ways people and have. This is how a thing that's probably been done already. Um, people will find a way to sneak that information out. It's not impossible. So whether we want to say we're so secure uh, that, you know, tight as a drum, I'll be very frank and honest. That's not totally 100% true. I mean, there's a small element, thank God, that would possibly um, use and take advantage of an opportunity, a security opportunity that's not uh, not very strong, like a, a vulnerability, that's what I'll say, to basically do something that they shouldn't be doing, and before you know it, 
information is leaked. So it does happen. It's sometimes a tragedy uh, for people. Other times it's more like an inconvenience, but it can and does happen in call centers where data is breached. It's not a, it's a thing. It's not a, a, a fantasy. Uh, thankfully, it's very, 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 very low. Okay, I'll say that. I've never, even in our center, and I've been there for a couple of years now, I've never seen it happen. <clears throat> if it has, I don't know uh, what was done about it. I don't know what, what went on. So the trust level is very, very good. Uh, I think that's that's an excellent thing to see, that uh, there is um, a good uh, trust factor that we have within our company. Um, most of the staff that work for us are trustworthy people. So that's that's a really, really good thing. That's a high mark for the, for the company I work for. Um, so having said that, uh, that's one of the things where an, an advisor might say, and why would I, what I would do that? Why, why would I, you know, work for you if you can't and don't trust me? Second factor, of course, is cost. Costs money to drive to work. It costs money to get on the bus and come to work. And also it costs time. So, for example, my timeline to go to work is about an hour. I have to get up, get ready, go, and I have to get on a bus and I have to hope that it's not the milk run where it stops at every freaking stop. Particularly on a Sunday, there's a bus that I take that basically is a milk run. It stops pretty much at every stop if there's people there. Uh, whereas the, during the week, there's the express buses. It only stops at certain stops, so it's faster. The point I'm driving at is, is it takes time to get to work. So if I had an at-home situation that I was working in, I could say, you know what? I'm comfortable here. I got food. I got the house. I got everything. The the data is secured. I'm secured, and let's go ahead and just continue this because this works for me. I don't have to have a higher cost. Uh, I don't have to worry about doing the crazy traveling. I don't have to worry about getting on a bus with somebody uh, who smells like fish, or I'm sorry to say, smells like crap. Okay, that happens on a, on a city bus. It's the same thing in a car. I don't have to worry about somebody having an accident where I get stuck in traffic or I get stopped by a cop because he thinks I've done something wrong, etc., etc. And, of course, then there's the other thing, too, uh, kids. If I want to lower my costs for my daycare, I would rather have uh, the opportunity that I can you know, take care of the kids at home and my spouse can go to work, I can go to work, and we sort of offset each other. So I'm taking care of the kids for part of the morning and then you know wife comes home takes care of the kids in the evening I'm working at home we don't have to worry about this because you know wife goes out to work um, <clears throat> or husband goes out to work wife stays at home and works at home win-win right the kids get to stay home uh, before uh, you know they go to kindergarten that's I'm talking about daycare uh, children and uh, that's a win-win and then, of course, the costs go down because the gas doesn't have to get used in the car. That's the other thing, too. Um, so the other factor, of course, is still the COVID. Um, that's the third reason why a lot of people are saying, mm, no, not going to do it, because of the fact that COVID still is out there. This thing is going to be with us for a long period of time. We're not going to kill it. It's it's here to stay. Managers and, and people um, need to get a reality check into their head reality check. This thing is not going away. So you have to figure out ways of dealing with this and understand that, hey, you know what? we got to make this work for everybody, ourselves, our customers, the clients, 
um, and of course our advisors. So we have to make sure that our environment is safe so that when they come in, they're going to feel that we're protecting them. Whether it's making sure there's PPE there, whether it's making sure that um, uh, <clears throat> everybody has their vaccines, etc., etc. So there's a level there that has to be uh, looked at. And one of the things that I th I've heard is that a lot of these people who are running these bigger corporations are, are old farts, they're old guys, they don't understand technology. And yes, I'm being a little humorous here, but the point is they don't get it. They don't understand the technology that's out there with respect to um, how things are being done today. You know, we have the internet, we have you know Facebook, we have Skype, we have Zoom, we have WebEx, we have all of these things that are out there that people can use to basically do the work. And we have tools within the call center that can make uh, the center uh, much more virtual than physical. So it can be done. But a lot of these guys think, oh, I don't know, I don't have many offers, I don't know, you know, like I, I can't trust that. Well, <laughs> you're going to have to trust this. Technology basically is at a pace in a race uh, that's much more ahead of you. And if you want to be a tortoise, you're just going to basically get um, thrown under the bus and run over by all the others that are just racing ahead of you because the technology is out there to actually make call centers and in fact it is a fact there's a reality out there that there are call centers that are totally and completely virtual there's no agents in a building at all the cost is lower the productivity is higher it works so it's a thing but um, most call centers still today and there's only a few of these virtual call centers out there, but most call centers today uh, are basically uh, physical entities. Uh, so we're paying for a floor. In fact, our, our center, we have two floors. So we have to pay for that. So um, there you go. So here's what, what I would think would work better. Now, a lot of people say, well, that means you have to do 10-hour shifts. No, you don't have to do 10-hour shifts. There's a thing now that people are doing in certain other countries, and I think also in here in North America, that uh, really does work. You work four days, you get paid for five. That's, that works. So you work four, and you do uh, the, uh, you know, do, you do the work as a regular eight-hour shift. You don't have to change anything, and you get paid for five. So four on, three off. That really does work. Another possibility is hybrid. You know, uh, two days in the office, three days uh, at home, or the other way around. There is possibilities for this opportunity as well, but I think in a call center environment, that's just not going to work because you have to then <clears throat> send computers to the house as well. To have computers in the, in the call center, it's going to cost you money. So you don't want to do anything like that. That's going to be too cost heavy. Um, <clears throat> the end result is, is like I said, we got to, you know, smack the brain here. We got to start thinking better and thinking uh, smarter as far as how we do our work, how we manage our time, and how we manage all the things that matter in a call center to ensure compliance and everything like that is met. So I would say that there needs to be a new balance and a new dynamic within call centers where there's cooperation and collaboration between management and the advisor to ensure that the work gets done in a manner that is safe and professional for everybody and at the end of the day also um, you know it's cost efficient for everybody including the advisor yeah you have to think about the advisor I mean it costs money and time for them to get in the car or get on a bus 
And like I say, when I get on a bus, and I don't mind traveling, don't get me wrong, I've been done it for like decades now. I mean, I'm in my 60s. I just turned 60. So I know what it's like to be on a bus, but it's not fun when somebody smells like, frankly speaking, smells like shit, you know. <laughs> if they smell like caca, why, why would I want to be on a bus? All right? It's, it's not a pleasant thing to have somebody who smells like crap sitting beside you or is like and drunk and stuff like that. That's one of the reasons why a lot of people are sort of checking out because there is that element on a bus. I'm sorry to say, and I'm sorry to use the foul language in, in this podcast, but the bottom line here is that, yes, there is a thing that that's out there, that's a reality for people, and they don't want to have to deal with that. And particularly here in the Hamilton area, the downtown core, it's pretty rough. So that's my take on all of this. I think uh, we need to get better. I think we need to get smarter. And I think we need to realize that there is a new way we have to think about going forward and doing things here so that um, we get um, a better a better call center and a better feel for the customer, a better feel for the client, and a better feel for the advisors, um, for everybody, for all the stakeholders. That's going to take some time and ingenuity. It's going to take some thinking, and I hope that in future we will start to see that. Thanks for listening to uh, Tales from the Cube. My name is Cliff, and I've been in the call centers uh, for about 20 years, and in my current role for seven as a senior advisor in a uh, major call center here in the Hamilton area. We'll see you in the next one. Thanks again for tuning in to Tales from the Cube. My name is uh, Cliff, as I mentioned, and um, we'll see you around on and in the next one. Tales from the Cube can be heard on Spotify, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts, as well as through the Anchor platform. I'm Cliff Tour. Thanks for listening. I'll see you in the next Tales from the Cube episode.